Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. I'm Billy. He's Topher. What are we talking about this week, bud? Movies. Let's do it. Movies and stuff. <laughs> Any movie in particular? Sure. That's how we do the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in particular, we will be speaking about Jennifer Kent's new film, The Nightingale. Nightingale or Nightingale? Nightingale. Nighting- do, you not, do you not know how to pronounce birth No, but he, here's the thing, is that people say Nightingale. As in, yeah, okay. You can't have both Gs. You need to pick. It needs to be Nightingale. Nightingale. Otherwise, should there not be either like two Gs or it be two words? You can't have Nightingale. No, but there, there would be other words like this that have this issue. English is fucked. English is a dumb language. We know this. <laughs> Speaking of English being fucked. Yeah, that's pretty much what the plot of this is. The Nightingale. Is. The Nightingale is a 2018 Australian period thriller film written, co-produced and directed by Jennifer Kent, set in 1825 in the British penal colony of Van Diemen's Land. For non-Aussies, that's, that's Tasmania. <laughs> it stars Ashling Franchosi, Sam Claffin, Baykali Ganambar and Damon Harriman. Damon Herriman, very much going for, and I would say probably winning, worst person on screen in 2019, given that he plays the sergeant in this film, who is just a deeply shitful human being. He's also been cast, not once, but twice, as Charles Manson. <laughs> he's Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he's Charles Manson in Mindhunter. So he wins at being awful. He wins 2019 <laughs> at being awful on screen. I can't remember who got him first as Manson, but whoever got him second didn't know that he was already Manson. But were then like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> so it sucks to have this guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> now, you and I got to see this film together. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> when we rocked up, they had changed the... The cinema that they were showing in, I suspect because it had sold so well that they wanted a bigger room, um, and you got shifted to the complete opposite side. We were meant to be basically next to each other. As it turns out, we were on, <laughs> yes, opposite sides of the cinema. I was there all by myself. <laughs> now, I've been meaning to ask, this film is harrowing. There was somebody down in your region of the cinema laughing quite a bit. That was not you, was it? It was not me. Are you sure they were near me? Because I did not pick up on this. Really? There was somebody... De- I thought they were down at the front, was where I thought it was coming from, who laughed quite a few times and not a lot of comedy in this film. Not what you'd call a feel-good hit. <laughs> no. This movie? No. Not in any capacity. Maybe they were so... Like, you know, when you, sometimes... When you get so shocked that you You're so laugh. shocked, disturbed, then your body does this involuntary... Laugh and you don't even know why. That could have been it. Maybe it was that. That could have been it. Or maybe they're just <laughs> someone we don't need to spend any time with. Maybe they're English. <laughs> they're apparently the worst. If I've learned anything. This film makes you really proud to have the Union Jack on our flag, <laughs> <Yeah>. doesn't it? <laughs> Let's get straight into it then. Uh, how did you feel about the film? Oh, good film. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and say this that presently- I think this is most probably my favourite film of the year. Wow. I think this is most probably the best film I've seen this year. Right. Easily. It's it's an astounding film. Um, And speaking of the English, we do not talk 
in our country very much about the atrocities that this country is actually built on. What 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 atrocities? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. It's just a thing that often gets ignored. Billy all that is under the rug in white Australia. <laughs> we don't speak of it. But look, you know, when we're not alone in that. I think most countries don't like to think about their past. And a lot of people, you know, to some degree of right, I guess, have this feeling, oh, you know, it's not us. It was our ancestors. But doesn't mean that it's not an important thing to talk about. And this film is just so brilliant in the ways that it handles it, I think. Yeah. And while it does... It, it's showing us a specific instance of colonization being just terrible for so many people. Of course, it can be taken more broadly than just Tasmania in 1825. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and th- there's a bunch about this film, in fact, that can be taken more broadly than the specific instances being shown. Yes. So I knew very, very little about this movie before we walked in. I had heard a lot of things, most of which I now don't really think are true. I had heard that it was like a revenge horror type film. That's not at all what the film is. I wouldn't class this as a horror film. No, not at all. It is one of those films, though, and we've spoken about this before, how there are some films that transcend so many genres that it is hard to place them. So I can see how this is one of those films like Mother, for example, where you're like, ah, yeah, we'll call it a horror. (laughs) And the only thing I had read was about the reactions to the film and the kind of controversies around that. Do you think that those controversies are justified? Do you think that after having seen the film, and I guess we should give a trigger warning that the film involves rape. And so you might not want to see the film and you might not even want to listen to us talk about it. Um, But do you think that the film justifies the reaction that it got at the Sydney Film Festival where 30 people left the theatre screaming? I think for those 30 people- if they have that reaction to it, then that's entirely justified. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell someone that their reaction to depicted sexual violence is wrong. Yeah. No, I agree. And and on this, it is, it's, it is an extremely hard watch. The first half hour of this film is brutal, leading up to the murder of an infant, <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> to put in context how- how harrowing that scene is. The murder of an infant, maybe not the worst moment of that scene. Yeah. Yep. It is a horrifying scene in, this sounds weird to say, yeah, what a well-executed good scene. It is great filmmaking. It is exceptional filmmaking. Because it's horrifying to watch. Jennifer Kent is to, I want to go watch The Babadook now because she is a director to watch. The way this film is put together- is amazing. And I don't know who the cinematographer was, but I think it's probably one of the nicest shot films I've seen this year in how understated it is. So many of the shots are literally just presenting what is happening in a very blunt, unflashy manner. And it just, it is, it makes it more confronting like that. There's, it's so artistic in its lack of art, if that makes sense. <laughs> if Jennifer Kent's door is not being banged down by people wanting her to make their films, there's something wrong. Yeah. And again, like this film, I think last week I mentioned I couldn't remember what film festival I first heard of it after. I think it was actually the 2018's Venice Film Festival. That is where it first- Yeah, so that's, that, that's yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Which is just an interesting thing about the, the life of small films that unlike a big studio production, which has a release date before the film's even made- 
for people like Kent, they just have, you've got to go out on a limb, find financing, get it done, and then hope to God that someone <laughs> wants this thing. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone's just lost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Again, on you, you were just talking about the cinematography. Uh, interesting that it's shot in the Academy aspect ratio, which- We've seen a little um, last year or earlier this year, depending on when you got it, we got Cold War, which was shot in that aspect ratio. Uh, going back a bit before that, maybe the last thing I saw was the Grand Budapest Hotel. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't get a lot of it. No, it, it's it, certainly something you don't. And it's it's a on the face of it for something that deals with the landscape a lot. If you shifted the setting of this film- quite easily plays out as a Western. Yes. Um, of course, Tasmanian forests. <laughs> Not as orange. <laughs> <laughs> Not as orange. Um, and it seems it seems like the complete opposite thing you would do if you've got the Western in mind because the landscape plays such a large part of the film, as it does in this. What it does do, though, with the narrowing of the view, it does make it all feel, for me, more insular yes. and like the walls are coming in and i actually think it's really effective in this movie yeah i was going to bring this up as well and for those who don't know the lingo academy aspect refers to four three but ba- ba- it's cl- yeah it's, it's very close. very close to square screen basically which yeah you don't see a lot of these days and i agree that my first thought was that this it it really does play out for the most part like a western just an australian western um and yeah, the beauty of it kind of feeling so claustrophobic, it puts you in her mindset because that's how she feels. And sure, the Australian outback is massive, but unlike most Western films where it's desert, there is so much bush that I think you would always feel quite trapped. So I think it was a really smart decision and it would have been shot in a wider aspect and just clearly, you know, framed and presented in- in square format, which is just brilliant. And on our on our character who, you know, the world is caving in on her, as we've just <laughs> spoken about, Jesus Christ, Jon Snow's mum is good. She's amazing. The entire car by Carly Gunnambar, um, who plays Billy, the Aboriginal tracker, is also incredible in this film. And the relationship that they form is so touching because you could almost watch this film and mistake them for forming, say, a romantic relationship. And I don't think that's at all what it is, but I think that's part of the intent of, of Jennifer Kent's filmmaking is that you are, you feel like they have such an intimate relationship in this short space of time and how much they learn and grow with each other. And both actors are phenomenal. I can't wait to see more from Ashley Franchoski because she was so good. She's really good. Have you seen any of The Fall? No. Gillian Anderson's the lead in that show, and Anderson is yeah. phenomenal in it. And she's she must have been very young, um, Franchosi, that is, when she- I think she's playing a 15-year-old in the show, and she- I wouldn't be surprised if she was actually quite close to 15 when she did it. And she- like, she's so good in that show. And she's fantastic in this. Um, that scene after- when she wakes up and her family's dead, yeah. and she goes marching up to- the house and just that look of death in her eyes. It's like the crow. Yeah. She's just got that. It's like, it's that look yep. of ev- everything's been taken. You're fucked. Yeah. But she's such a real character. This doesn't turn into a Tarantino revenge film where 
she becomes almost cartoony. She's, yeah, it's not like she's magically proficient with a rifle. No, she still has vulnerabilities. And in the later third of the film, she still struggles even to do what she has set out to do. And basically, heading into the bush like this, she's basically committing suicide to do this. And she still struggles with doing it. It is so human and and just so well executed. When she ultimately does take her first life, yeah, it's not- a rewarding experience for no. her at all. No. She's like, as it turns out, murder sucks. It's just that human rage, which we all have. Like, you know, there's always that, qu- what would you do if, if that happened to you? And ob- obviously, there is no answer because, no, like, nobody knows. <laughs> and it it was just so human when she takes that life. And she is shocked by her actions and yet struggling not to feel happy about it. <laughs> And before that, the film's done a good job, I think, of of presenting these characters in a way that, and I thought this was a, a weakness of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think here is a strength, that I'm okay for anything to happen to these characters. They make it clear right from the beginning of the film that these, they don't even try to humanise these characters in any way, that you see nothing about their lives outside of this I guess, three, four days the film is set in. Um, And it is clear that they are just awful, awful men. So, yeah, I had no problem with unspeakable violence being depicted upon them. And I could have done with more, to be honest. (laughs) I was, you almost, like, this is honestly one of those films where by the final act, you almost feel let down in the way the main baddie dies because he probably gets the least brutal treatment of anyone in the film and deserves it the most. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he does get quite a quick death. He does. Yeah. And you you almost lament that. <laughs> like, like not that I need more vi- like this is this is a brutal film. But yeah, you you're kind of left wanting more. But I think the treatment of it's good. I think it would have been I don't think it would have been true to the story or the no. characters if it had turned into full revenge porn. Yes, I agree. I agree. And what I love about the film is that as brutal as it is, it is not exploitative in any way. Like, the way that both the violence and rape are handled, there is nothing glorified about them at all. So, you've said maybe it, it could, at this point, could well be your film of the year. I clearly, as we've been talking, I clearly like it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's flawed. Um, there's a few things for me. I don't think the dream sequences quite worked for me. Really? They almost, like, they almost did. There's good things about them, and I like what they're setting out. I like the idea of them and I like the purpose they're there for. They, ju- in the execution, just didn't quite work for me. Really? And you're referring to the dream sequences once she's out in the bush? When, yeah, when she's, she's having the nightmares. By, by people. Really? Yeah. I thought they were beautiful. I loved them. What was it that didn't work for you in the execution? Was it Was it the nightmarish state of them or was it- I don't know if I just found them a bit blunt or- or what? But they just they just didn't quite land for me. I I'm, I'd, I'd go full Billy on this and say that I I think it's two hours fifteen the film. It is, yeah. I think it should probably be two hours. Right. Um, there's a few scenes that like they're not bad scenes, but just for the flow of the story, I could probably do without them. I think, and it's it's a lot of stuff with Claire and Billy, and really? I think I think there's already and like I said, these are not bad scenes, but I think. There are scenes we get with them that don't give me anything that we that I don't already have 
from existing scenes. That's interesting because for me, if I was going to cut anything, it would it would be the reverse of that. I think that we've seen how awful the people she's tracking are and you could maybe cut 10 to 15 minutes of just them being horrendous people. <laughs> like yeah, a lot like, of- geez, they don't, Once they're on the road, they don't stop being horrendous. They don't stop do they? being horrendous. Like, no. the, oh my God, when bloody Charles Manson- just takes that woman away from her child. Just like, yeah. oh, you dreadful fucking bastard. And I, and I, I wouldn't cut that because I think that is very important for, you know, the deeper messages of the film. But, you know, the stuff, for example, with the captain and, and the little boy um, that he's kind of training up. Oh, see, I would definitely keep that. Really? You see, I'd scrap that. Yeah, I like the kind of the commentary on toxic masculinity with that little boy character I think is really good. Yeah, okay. When, he's, when the lieutenant's like- are you crying? And he's like, no, crying's for girls. Yeah. And I think there's good stuff with the kid. Yeah, okay. There's a few scene transitions that don't quite work for me. Like, I'm I'm nitpicking here about a film I really like. Um, but yeah, it, does, it doesn't all completely work for me. Interesting. Let's talk score. Or lack thereof. Lack thereof, yeah. Zero score in it's the fair. film. Um, mostly complete silence. The odd a cappella song sung beautifully by Ashling Franchosi. Um, and just a few little pieces of of instrumental Irish ballads. I think it, it couldn't have worked better. It was so haunting that sparseness of just listening to the bush. Mm. Which yeah, that and that sound design is fantastic. So well. And so much of that is obviously designed to be almost musical. When you have, for example, multiple birds all singing. And, you know, there's something almost orchestral about it, but it's so eerie and it just sets the place. I I do wonder how well this film is going to translate to non-Australian audiences because so much of it is not only about our history, but also the setting. The Australian bush is unlike so many other places on Earth. Um, How do you feel about that? One of the things that makes me okay with the runtime of the film is that I'm just happy to look at Tasmania for a couple of hours. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think even the my favourite stuff of the landscape is, I think, probably the least pretty stuff, like the brutality of that yeah. landscape. I just love. And like we mentioned, there's a lot about this that's pretty, if not universal, it's common to a lot of places on Earth. Yes, that's just true. anywhere the fucking palms have logged in. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to our English <laughs> listeners. <laughs> We're not blaming you. <laughs> How far away do you think they are from, as we would say, Launceston in the film? Yeah, they call Launceston. Launceston, yeah. They walk there in three to four days. Yeah, but I can't imagine they're knocking off that many kilometres per day through that oh, wilderness. No. no. I, I was looking at a map of Tasmania early today. Trying to figure out where they just were Just trying to figure it out. And, I mean, because Tasmania, by... The scale of mainland Australia, Tasmania, is not big. I think the starting point of the film is basically dead centre of the island. That would make sense. Like, yeah. just completely enclosed in this place, which was, as far as the Brits were concerned, just a dumping ground yeah. for humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we call it home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Launceston's, like, four buildings. <laughs> Which, like, I imagine they checked this and said, yeah. okay, what was the population of Launceston at the time? Oh, 17 people. <laughs> <laughs> All in top hats. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the final act of the film once they arrive 
in Launceston and where because so much of the film has been about the bush and now we're in the town of as you say like 17 people did you like it yeah i did like it there's i think there's something to be said about it for snapping her back to humanity yeah. being around being around human structures and other people my initial thought in the bloody fantastic scene where she just marches in oh. to the officers quarters and and confronts it just him. gives him what's what like doesn't i love that line about what did your mother not love you enough yeah oh so good and then she and then she sings that song and walks out and as it was happening i was thinking stop the movie you were thinking roll credits yep yeah, roll credits right now and i actually kept thinking that for the next kind of five minutes but then the final scene is so good that i was yeah. like oh, okay <laughs> Yeah. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I felt the same thing. At first, when that scene happened, I was like, well, that, that can't be it. Because as I say, you almost feel let down by the lack of brutality towards this disgusting piece of crap human. But but then, yeah, I agree with you that you're almost like, yep, that's it. Stop here. And you, you do continue to keep feeling that kind of wave of of stop, start, stop, start for the next several minutes. The fact that we do get Billy taking out those two guys is not the reason that I'm happy we, that the film does continue. Because I actually, if they'd left that as an open yeah. ending, that I would have been fine with. And it's not it's not a gleeful moment when Billy no. does take these guys no. out, really. Yeah. Like, it's- you're like, yeah, cop, yeah, eat shit. But not, but not, it's not really. like, it's you not like, it's feeling. not, it's not, you know, fists in the air. No. Kind of stuff. It's just that, f- that final scene with Billy and Claire on the beach. Oh. Yeah. Jeez, it's good. Yeah. So, how are you scoring? It sounds like we're both very positive on it. I'm, yeah, I'm so nearly an eight. But yeah, there's just a bit in the construction of the film that makes it a hard seven for me. I'm so nearly a 10. And. It honestly almost feels bad holding back to a nine because I understand your flaws that you felt with the movie. I It is so hard for me to fault this movie. This is a near perfect movie for me. And like, honestly, like brutality and stuff aside, I feel like this should be kind of mandatory viewing, mandatory viewing in, in high schools, for example. <laughs> like it is just- it is just not something that is spoken about in our society and the way that it handles Every aspect of the film is, as you say, it's it's not just like watching a history piece. It is saying so much about today, the way we treat women, the way we treat children, the way we treat people from other cultures. It's, it's so beautifully handled. And I can't wait to see more from Jennifer Kent. Yeah, a couple of things coming out of this film is that we want more from Jennifer Kent. I would also say that I would, I'd be so happy if, if these performances- hung around people's minds in award season. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'd love it if it did. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested because I don't know how wide a release this is going to get, which disappoints me because if you get a chance to get to this movie, then you should. Um I know that in the states it opened on the 2nd of August, but only in a handful of, you know, major cities. Yeah, I I had the same thought that come award season, I think this should be in the conversation. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, and I mean part of that is that it's it is a film that's going to alienate a certain percentage of the audience. Yes. Like, just it just is. I just encourage people to get to it if you can. Every chance you can't get to it in a cinema, but just keep an eye out on whatever, st- wherever this winds up, yeah. streaming-wise or whatever, 
check it out. All right. What are we getting to next week, buddy? Um, well, I'm setting myself up for dis- not even disappointment because I won't be angry that I don't like it because I didn't like the first one. But it chapter two is coming. I'm right there with you. Neither of us were big fans of that film. And I love the book so much. So I was massively let down. I'm the with you. I don't expect to be let down this time because I have zero expectations. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't, this is a three out of ten, I'll be like, yeah, good job. You can't be upset if you expect absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Anyway, so that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll be surprised. Could happen. Cast is great. Cast is great. Cast is really great. So maybe they'll somehow elevate it above the first one. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. Bye. Bye.